1: Welcome to. Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack rackets and tennis channel podcast network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. We have a fantastic show for all of you listeners today as we dive into the mailbag section of our 2021 college tennis season finale episode here on the Great Shot Podcast. As always, it's going to be Chris Halliorson, Matt Stokowiak joining me to answer all of your listener questions heading into the 2022 and again putting a bow on this past season. Now we addressed some of them in part one and if you missed that episode, just scroll down in your GSP feed, you can find Find that there, but we talk about so many things in this podcast. We talk about our favorites heading into the 2022 season. We talk about the transfer portal, which we know is going to be popping this offseason. We even dive into the foundations of the Cracked Rackets College Tennis Holy Trinity, how I got to know Chris, got to know Matt, and how this podcast came to be. We answer everything in between as well. I've done a lot of podcasts, not only during 2021, but at my time here at Cracked Rackets. This is, I would say, a top five episode for me. We had that much fun diving into, you know, not only the origins of everything, but just answering your questions. You all asked some fantastic questions it made for excellent discussion points here on the show, so very much looking forward to all of you listeners hearing this part two of this episode, but before we can get to that, a little bit of business, of course, you all know these podcasts made possible because of the support we get from all of you listeners, from our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and of course, from our friends at Turn Tennis, you know. It's the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat. You know its performance in hot and humid conditions unmatched. But did you know that color is trademarked? You probably did, as well as the fact that you can see that iconic blue on the rackets of hundreds of touring pros. If you would like to join the Turn to Tennis family, you can call or email them to get college pricing or free samples by emailing sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707. You mentioned we sent you. What are they going to treat you like? Treat you like family. That is the theme always of these crack rackets podcasts that's the sort of relationship we try to cultivate with our sponsors turn of tennis fitting like a hand uh, in a glove in that description so again email sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707 to join the turn of tennis family but with that in mind let's get to a fantastic mailbag episode chris hallioris matt stokowiak and myself west off roll it with that in mind, let's get to the mailbag section of this podcast because I don't want to keep Maddie here too far past his bedtime. And I mean, look, I, I I love you, Jay. It was so great to get to meet him. And we're going to do the Jay section at the end where we're just going to fire through all of his questions because he's got a lot of them. They're all excellent. And I I do want to get there. But again, there's some other interesting ones that I want to address first. And I feel like we can get to those quickly. So let's start with Gary from Columbus, who, you know, at Jack Straw 1972 asks, are you hearing anything about Iowa-Minnesota programs, any chance of reinstatement? The answer to Minnesota is no. At least not this year it's not happening in 2021 there are associate head coach assistant Yvonne Lubich going to Wisconsin and you know Jeff Young's son Gavin's transferring to Michigan and Jeff's looking for work and then you're not going to find a more qualified coach than Jeff out there to anyone listening so if you have an opening look for that uh, but Minnesota's not coming back this year. I heard some things about Iowa, maybe, maybe so, I know Ross, Lloyd, both looking to stay in the college tennis universe, they're two coaches, but, like, to quote my girl JoJo, I think it's just too little too late, like, I hate to say it, and it's not happening in 2022, now, does that mean it's never happening, never say never about anything, um, but I, I, think off the bat, and I'll go to you, Chris, because I see you sh- shaking your head, Maddie, in agreement. You have you heard anything to the contrary?
2: No, yeah, no. I, I, think there's, there's no question that they're both programs, at least for the next year, right? Are, mm-hmm. are, they're not going to be reinstated. That the efforts to try to save them have, you know, have not. You know, whatever happened, wasn't enough, like you said, too little, too late. The coaches we've already seen, you know, from from Minnesota going one way. I spoke to another coach who I, you know, I got accused you know. of yellow journalism. I, I
1: swear to God, if I get accused of it again, I'm going to slap someone, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, that's why I'm like afraid of the rumors, but go ahead, Chris.
2: Yeah, no. So I, I asked coaches that I know have, you know, assistant openings, if you will. Clearly guys like Ross would want to land a head coaching job somewhere, but I say to high profile jobs that have assistant openings. Well, why? Oh, I mean, uh, I would assume Ross would be a great guy and all I got back was oh outstanding right so there's no doubt in my mind that if he doesn't land a head job of some that's open somewhere for sure he's going to get one of these you know one of these jobs as you know an assistant that basically is an associate head coach job uh, right away and I think that's that's out there for him so Let's just say yeah.
1: it, it rhymes with Doter name uh, if Ross ends up a Doter name, it should not surprise anyone. Um, and, uh, you know, you can insinuate from that what you will. Um, but I, I think that's an open secret at this point. And by the way, if I was thinking about this, if Parsa and I and you two as well did like a $5 per episode you had to pay subscription where we just traded in rumors about what's going down on the coaching level, what's going on on the transfer portal <laughs> – I feel like we could make... I feel like I could start paying you guys. Like, am I wrong here?
2: The coaches would all
1: subscribe. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Maddie's shaking his head in agreement as well. Yeah, no, but again... It's a crime. It's a joke. Like, it, it was so fun to watch that. Fi- uh, not fun's the wrong word, but I was so hoping the Minnesota doubles teams, Lobach, and I'm uh, missing the other name, Truest, were going to give the middle finger and just, like, keep winning and then, like, win a national championship. And then, or, like, a Minnesota Iowa final would have just been a mwah. Beautiful. And like for you to cancel your programs after that, that would have just been, again, the middle finger those two athletic programs deserve. And I heard Andy Katz rave on and on and on about how short sighted it was. If you listen to the tennis one, you're well aware of that. You're well aware of all of our opinions. But I think that answers that question. And again, Gary from Columbus, who responds to so many different things we do, uh, thank you to him specifically as well for all the support he has given us. Now, To at Scotty underscore BU underscore King, a.k.a. Scotty B. This question's going to you first, Matty. He says, I have a few interesting questions. Let's start with the first one. Which teams will take a step forward, step back the most going into the offseason? So I'm going to name some teams for you, Matty, just to give you some examples so you don't have to go off the top of your head. Florida, step back, step forward, same place. Florida men? Yeah, Florida men. We're sticking to the men's for now.
3: Well, I mean, I would say step forward. It's it's the same team. I mean, I think they're only going to get better. That's an easy one. Chris? How do you go forward from winning a
1: title? Yeah, <laughs> another one, a second well, title. Well, that,
3: that's yeah. true. That's the same I thing. just. <laughs> that's true that's true I just mean in terms of their level and they may not even win the title I mean they may not even repeat next year you know and that wouldn't necessarily mean that they've taken a major step back there's going to be other teams that are are going to be just as good but I think in terms of you know guys like Ben Shelton continuing to develop and you know Blaise Bignell is still young guys like that um, I still think they can even take another step
1: in their game you know I I, I think that's very possible. 100%. And again, I'm going to just name the interesting cases. Texas, step forward, step back, Matty. Oh, I think
3: they're taking a step forward. Again, they're such a young team. They made the final four this year. They bring they're in adding in. they're yeah. bringing in Ciamara, Maybe somebody else or two coming in there as well. So, um, yes, I see Texas State uh, taking a step forward. They were fantastic this year. I expect them to be even better next year.
1: Chris?
2: Agreed. Yeah. Uh, add Siamara. I guess that other, the other one that we're all aware of is not either finalized or, or, or out yet, but yeah, they're going to bring a couple guys in potentially, uh, in addition to what they've already got. I mean, that's, there's no doubt. And those, those guys were young and are just going to be better. I mean, I, I was super impressed, uh, with even in, even in a, what looked like a bad, bad defeat in individuals of Spaziri against Kovacevic, uh, I mean, so many deuce points in that match that three and one or whatever it was was nowhere near that lopsided. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Bras and Braswell, we've all been super impressed with all year, and what we saw from Waldie, yeah, that team's going to be tremendous.
1: No, it's it's silly, uh, how good these teams are. And again, I'm going to focus on the, the interesting cases, and I'm going to try and hit as many of these top 10 teams it, again. This is an hour long topic, so uh, we'll try and rapid fire through them again. It, let's. Just so you guys know, it's condensed with the answers as possible, please. Tennessee, I think that's an interesting one. They lose Hussey, they lose Weendeman, they've brought in HUD. Step back, step forward. What do you think, Maddie?
3: Well, I think it may be similar. I think they may be staying the same. And I think their recruiting class is also pretty pretty high, if I'm not mistaken. They're bringing in a couple more players. So that's a team where they are losing a couple guys that's going to be tough. But, again, they still have some major components there. I definitely don't really see them taking a major step back. I think it could be about the same. Um, if not, potentially even getting a little bit better.
2: Mm-hmm. Chris? Yeah, I would. I'm with Matty. I I would say, my first take would be about the same. Yeah, you lose a four and a five, but I mean that's not the worst thing in the world. You expect your two to get better. He was a freshman, uh, and so you're bringing in like Matty said. They do have a good recruiting class, uh, as well as bringing in Emil Hud. It's I I don't see it going down. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I agree with you guys. And so we can move on to the next team. We've talked about Virginia they're going to get better. That's the crazy thing. They swap out Carl for Barr. They bring back all of the freshmen as well. If not better, they're holding pace, right? And so I don't think we have to relitigate that again. (sighs) Baylor and North Carolina, are they step back teams? Like you hate to say it, but Maddie, is it fair to say a step back next year just because everyone else gets better?
3: Yeah, I I that's the tough thing. It's like all these other teams are just getting better, you know, adding in transfers and and you know, top recruiting classes and as far as I'm aware, you know, for Baylor and North Carolina, they don't have, you know, I know recruiting. Baylor's
1: got one in the queue that I'm not allowed to talk about publicly, but I know they've got one in the yeah. queue.
3: No, I know. I, we're just talking about people that were are, are surefire things right sure. now. I I do think it's going to be a step back for both teams. For Baylor, you can't lose your half your lineup right yeah. in singles and doubles. You're talking about some of the best players, um, you know, that we've seen in college tennis over the past few years. Same for North Carolina. It, it's not really it's not anybody's fault. It's not their doing, but just by default, um, yeah. I think those teams are going to take a little bit of a step back.
1: And Garcia is going to come in. Finn Bass is going to come in. Uh, all of these players are going to be playing well for Baylor, and they bring back La Soto uh, and Boyton in theory. So, you know, I promise you, we're all three of us are going to get the text from Coach Woodson uh, after this. And hey, put it on the bulletin board, Coach. You know we're happy to rock the Bears moving forward. We do what we can for you. Uh, but Chris, same question to you. Heel side as well. You lose a Blumberg, a Sondergaard, a Peck, who have that institutional knowledge. Them for sure step back.
2: I feel like North Carolina is more of a step back than Baylor. Yeah. I feel <laughs> weird saying this because I'm like the, like coach Woodson probably hates me guy, but, <laughs> um, but I actually think, I think Baylor, yeah, obviously whoever you play at four five, six is not going to be the resume that you had out of Nick, Charlie and Spencer, but they had very capable. People just didn't get to see them. Finn Bass, very capable. Darcia very capable they're gonna bring in a new guy I don't think I think people are going to be surprised at the fact that Baylor is right there and looking as good you know through the year as they were this year when they get into the season because those top three guys are gonna step up uh when they need to and I think that team's going to be very very good Chris, I agree with you.
3: I I think Baylor's going to be very very good. They're a dangerous team, but we're talking about the NCAA finalist,
1: mm-hmm. right?
3: Yeah. I, I I mean, for me, it's it's kind of easy to say step back because even if they make the Final Four next year, it's a step back. So I, I just think that's how you have to. We, that's how we have to call this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do not. I'll, I'll go on record right now, and and Coach Woodson, look, I'm behind him a hundred percent. Yeah. I do not see Baylor making the NCAA final next year. I just don't at this point.
1: And that's a testament to the other teams. It has nothing to do with the Baylor Bears. I agree with you. Now, again, there are some other obvious ones. Georgia's going to be better. Like, checkmark. USC... I mean, are we waiting for the recruit? Like, what are we waiting for? No Kuki, no Smith. Now, Distanic is going to be at the number one singles position. I think he's going to fit like a hand in a glove. And I think Fry, Sands, all of these guys, West Strait, they're going to be okay. But they're still, it feels a player short. And so, I think that's an interesting case for the step down. Now... You know, again, Wake Forest, you hear some things, who knows what's gonna happen with that roster. They still have a bunch of I don't even know who's on the roster, there's like thirty seven of them. So, you know, it gets difficult there. Here's the here's another one who I just if they compete for a national championship, although, you know, we find out some people are transferring or on the portal, what do we say about TCU? Are they I was a waiting step for you to bring that yeah. up. Chris let's go to you first Love to are they it. a step four I like they're the dark horse right they're the one you're gonna pick at the beginning of the season as like your national championship winner I can see it already Chris
2: no the problem Martine's gone parallax probably gone mm-hmm. they're bringing in Aguilar so I'll I'll take an Aguilar for parallax swap no problem Martine didn't that's another great really... Yeah, and, and Martin, if they had a healthy lineup, wouldn't have been playing uh, anyway because you should have been having, like, Kruger uh, in the singles lineup if healthy. So so you want to say that it, with everybody else back that, yeah, they should actually be a little bit better, but they lose a lot. And I don't know what else they have from a recruiting standpoint, the the problem there to me is you lose a slight bit of depth right with that you're basically given a two for one trade in a team that was bitten a lot from the injury plague this year right with fernley missing time and the Jiris and kruger missing time and so i i think they from a top 6 standpoint if you go hey give me your six and and, I, and i'll tell you that they're healthy all year outstanding team right um but that's rarely the case in college tennis. So, so we'll see. I I would tend to say pr- I'll, I'll slot them at about the same. But man, did did they look really good at the end of the year? And if they can keep that form, uh, they're yeah, they're a, they're definitely a national championship contender. Maddie, anything to add? yeah
3: chris for for once i i completely disagree about tcu coach rodidi i'm finally coming around to the horn frogs here (laughs) my friend um shout out to coach rodidi i love the frogs i think they are absolutely 100 step forward this year I I thought they were really good this past year. Chris mentioned the injuries. Look, I'm I'm, I'm not going to forecast any injuries on the team. I don't want to sit here and do that. I'm assuming all health because right now that's what I'm assuming. So that's what I'm going off of. Getting Aguilar is a major, major piece in singles and primarily doubles. When you plug him into that doubles lineup, you've already got Gray and Famba who are a top, what, three team in the country, arguably at least. Now and then you trying to Jong and Aguilar. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. I love that team. I think they are absolutely a national title contender. I'm going to be very high on the frogs. Um. And Coach Roditi's probably going to hate me for that because every time <laughs> I pick against them, they usually win. And now I'm going to be on their side. And hopefully, uh, you know, they'll be able to back it up. I really think the frogs are going to be fantastic.
1: Yeah, I would lean. I see Chris's concern. But they were the only team that didn't have any COVID additions this season, any super seniors, and they still hung up there. So I think that's interesting. Again, there are some obvious ones. a they lose the core of their lineup. That's going to hurt. Um,
2: Ohio State, come on.
1: No, so that was the interesting one. It's like the Buckeyes who bring in Votzel for McNally. Seelig's gone as well. If Kingsley comes back, that's an interesting team. The teams I'm fascinated for next year, Blue Bloods, Ohio State, Michigan, and Stanford. They're coming with a vengeance next season. I, one could argue, a, without, you know, although Illinois, they've got some things in the pipeline. No Kovacevic, though. Is Michigan your preseason favorite in the Big Ten? Let's end the conversation with my Wolverines. It always goes back there. I'll start with you, Chris. Is Michigan your preseason favorite in the Big Ten? Because we bring back everyone. It Connor Johnston. I was going to say. And Nancy know, Connor, yeah, but is- we bring in... Uh, you know what hurt me the most in Orlando is Seymour walked on the campus before the season was even over in Florida gear. And I was like, come on, man. Like, was that <laughs> just to make me angry? Uh, but, you know, again, it's no Seymour, you're right, no Johnston. But they bring in a great recruiting class. Bicker Seth's a year older. Everyone's a year more experienced. I can make the case, I think, that we're the preseason favorites. And mm-hmm. Gavin, Young. Gavin Young's Gavin, a freshman next year. That's another one. That's another one. Um, Come on. Entertain me. Come on. Uh, man, I don't know I don't if know. I'm willing to go that far. I think they'd be second behind Ohio State. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, it's hard to knock Ohio State out of that favorite spot. It really, even my, I mean, minus McNally, but if you've got Votzel now, who's already been playing one in the Big 12, I mean, I'll, I'll go, I mean, who knows how they fare but let's just call it a you're trading a one for a one so let's call that an even swap so basically you're losing c league which is a big loss uh and and now uh if they're both there you probably almost have to play trotter and boulet together so coach tucker's having 24 heart hardest- yeah uh, yeah up? just just put the uh put the paddles on the side of the court i mean he's gonna <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah
1: and then there's Stanford. I oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Chris.
2: But yeah, I would. I would make. I would still probably make Ohio State. But I don't. I mean, it's it's a very close close battle there.
3: Matt agreed. Okay. I, I agree it's very close and that should make again for a fun Big Ten season Stanford the next team you're going to talk about Gruskin, major step forward they have nowhere mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. but up they didn't even mm-hmm. play half the year this mm-hmm. year they're bringing everybody back they are taking mm-hmm. a step forward look out for the Stanford Cardinal I, we you know Chris and I were on that bandwagon this year you're a year early well, we, no, we didn't know they weren't going to play. It it's might true. not have been yeah. a year early had we known what we, you know, what we know now. We may have changed our tune a little bit. But again, assuming that they play a full season and everything goes according, you know, to plan, Stanford's taken a step forward. I still love them,
2: Chris. Yeah, I think that goes back to my com- my comments earlier of you know the reason Stanford was they were the epitome of you know be of being the opposite of what i said the sec the acc and the big 12 did right those teams all had all fall and the spring stanford didn't get the fall they didn't even get the spring they didn't start playing until march and you just can't i mean you just can't start playing in march and expect in in college tennis for your guys to step up and and be the team that you want you thought they could be it's the same guys i fully expect those same exact guys had they had six months of playing as a team prior to that we would have been talking about them as a top five team uh and they would have been a factor in the ncaa tournament and so that's what i expect to see from them next year
1: yeah i agree that's again the top of college tennis is going to be really good next year, once again. And the parody that we saw this season going into the NCAA championship when it felt like 5, 6, 13 teams could have won it, uh, certainly is going to feel that way again next season. Now, let's just play a quick game. Where did Michigan finish in the rankings? Don't look, Chris. First to you, Maddie. if you had to guess.
3: Uh, uh, computer rankings, I'm going to say 39. Uh,
2: Chris? Man, I literally haven't even seen anything from the rankings. But they were outside the bubble going in. They lost their first match. They couldn't have gotten better. I'm going... God, am I going outside the top 50? I don't think I can go outside of 50. I'll go 48.
1: This is why he's the professor. And again, Price is Right rules. If you guess over, you're out. None of you guessed over. They finished forty-nine which is just, that's just... Mwah, mwah. that's what I have to say to the rankings this season mwah. goodbye my friends I will never miss you again but I hope that answered your question Scotty and again if we do this for the women we'll have to just come back together again do a separate podcast answering all of these questions on the women's version uh, do y'all expect all fourth not the fifth year senior come back for Florida I think we answered that already the answer is barring a Sam Riffis or you know Duarte going on this run and by the way I could see a Boiton run happening on the pro circuit this summer. That's absolutely, could be in the, if he just rips off a couple of good results because the level is there, but, you know, the questions about Florida... Uh, will, will they all come back? I think we all agree the answer there is yes. And then he asked, also, how much chaos—oh, he also asked, do you all expect Peyton Stearns to turn pro? If she does, how much of a step back will Texas have? They would lose two, top two out of the three. I think we answered that question already, uh, so I apologize, Scotty, that we did it a little bit out of order. But his final question also—and this is a question I'm just very much looking forward to—also— How much chaos in transfer portal do y'all believe will occur between now and the fall? I'm going to take this one first, gentlemen, if you don't mind. All of it. All of the chaos. All of the chaos. Like, I would say, what have we hit already? 20 transfers, at least 20 parser bombs? I'm going to say this. Over under 49 and a half. Do we get 49 and a half transfers? I know that's a bit, uh, that's too big, 39 and a half. Do we double the amount of transfers between now and the start of the season? Will we see over 40 players transferring? I don't know what the average number is. That's a project for you this summer, Chris, um, but I'm and expecting. Not even
2: grad transfers, just any transfer.
1: Straight up transfers.
2: I'll oh, go it's to you way over. First. It's over. Yeah. Forget it, it's over. So yeah. 49 and a half over that too? I'm going, oh, over. Oh.
1: And, and again the the reason for it is because spots are available. People have extra years of eligibility. Swear to god, the new Oklahoma State coach is going to walk on campus and have a full four and a half scholarships to work with. Like legitimately, and that's freaking insane and it's just yes. Yes, 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 and we all have heard things, there are rumors floating around again, the term yellow journalism has been thrown at me, and apparently I'm sensitive as well, and so I actually am sensitive, that, that's true, you hit the nerve if you call me sensitive, um, but yes, yes, right, like, we can just agree, Matty, you're shaking your head, yes is the answer. And it's not gonna stop, guys. This is what people have to
3: realize, at least over the next of it. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Because it's a it's a ripple effect and it's not just stopping this season. This is going to continue for the next several seasons. You know, guys are, are gonna try and go get graduate degrees elsewhere. If they're if their school that they're at now can't pay them, right? There's no scholarship available, they can go somewhere that has scholarship money available. It's just it's going to continue to happen. It's not going anywhere. The transfer portal is going to be heating up for the next several years, 100%.
1: I agree with you. And again, the ripple effects are going to be felt. That was the big question mark is granting that extra year of eligibility. It, what, it's not what it does for this season. It's what it does down the road. And guess what? That's just more fodder, more content for this podcast. So we're all in on that. But I hope we addressed all of your questions, Scotty B. And again, a huge thank you to him as well. You're always, if it's a Cracked Rackets College Tennis tweet, you're going to get a like and a retweet from Scotty B., which we always appreciate. So thank you, my friend, for your continued support. Hopefully we answered all of your questions. Now again, the J portion of the show is coming. I promise. We've got two more questions to get to before we get to your stuff, Jay. I want to start with at Katiebugtex, aka Diane Terry, and how we get from Diane Terry to at Katiebugtex. You're going to have to DM me the story behind that because that is just, you know, I convinced Jamie to change his Twitter name to Slice Slice Baby because I just kept going Slice Slice Baby. Dun, 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 dun. And he was like, "I like it," and I was like, "Thank you." Anyways, that's the fun we have here behind the scenes. Like I said, I'm not actually cool. Um, but uh, at KD Bug Text, Diane Terry asks, and this is a good one for you, Professor. Will the final May rankings—and they've come out—be tweaked, and the answer is no, by the ITA, so Illinois and OSU—and I'm a little offended you didn't include Michigan in that group, but I'll let it slide—will the final May rankings be tweaked by ITA, so Illinois and OSU host kickoff site? When is the kickoff draft in June? ITA, not NCAA, will make decision on kickoff sites. Will the ITA give some Ivy teams a wild card, at least Columbia perhaps as a two seed? Will the 22 kickoff be seven sites or 15 sites? I can answer that last question. They're shooting for 15 sites. They're trying to get back to normal, try and do the full field. But Chris, the question is to you, and I know this is really a question for the ITA, but how will those screwed up rankings affect the kickoff? Will do you expect to see a new set of rankings? Just again, we're gonna have some chaos come kickoff time because that's what the rankings affect the most.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I look, I don't know anything. I haven't asked the ITA guys. We haven't talked to them, so this it's this is complete pure speculation on our part, but they didn't tweak getting into the NCAA tournaments I mean seeding wise they they said and they had stated up front they would do something which turned out to be hey let's get Michigan and Northwestern in but other than that they tweaked no seedings I don't see them tweak the, you know seat and seedings when I say that meaning they didn't give Ohio State or Michigan a host for the for the NCAAs to be a top 16 team I don't see them doing that for the ITA kickoff if they didn't do it for the NCAAs. So to the question of, well, you know, will they adjust anything to make them hosts? I don't see that happening. Uh, I think they go straight chalk like they did uh, seating for the NCAAs. Now, the more interesting question to me is, do they do anything for any of the Ivy League teams in terms of even letting them into the kickoff weekend? I just don't know how you do it. I mean, you're going to legitimately bump, and I. There were teams, and I. I talked to multiple teams at the end of the season that were looking for advice on picking up matches or whether they should play matches or not that were available to them uh, for the purpose of making it into somewhere around the top sixty, because that's where you're going to where you need to be to make the kickoff weekend. And I just can't imagine saying, "Hey, yeah." You teams that made the push at the end of the year to get to number 62 or 63 or whatever the heck it was that to try to get into the NCAA, all of a sudden, we're going to go and take all the teams. We're going to exempt in Harvard, Columbia, Cornell, Princeton, Dartmouth, you know, the regulars and say five of you are out. I don't I don't see it. I mean, on what basis? Just because they used to be there? Uh, that they, they didn't play at all last year okay Penn might have picked up a couple matches at the end of the season uh but but yeah they didn't the the ivy league didn't play i'm not sure how you uh how you put them in the kickoff weekend i think you just tell them yeah you play your matches uh during the season
1: maddie anything to add to that
3: well yeah just a couple things remember chris the ncaa seedings that comes from the ncaa committee themselves not the ita so it could be i mean the ita maybe they could make some exemptions but i do agree with you that i don't think they will i mean typically they tend to take the easy way out on things so i would expect them to kind of just continue that and, and kind of roll it like they normally would and they're not going to make any special exemptions you know i don't even know about the ivy league i mean that's a tough situation to be in because you know those schools like columbia and harvard and and cornell i mean i I don't know. Like you said, how do you boot somebody out?
2: Right? Like it's yeah, just, a, yeah. We, we can't argue that Columbia is better than whoever number. I mean, there's no argument. Columbia is better than whoever the number 60 team is in the ranking. Yes. yes. But does that mean the number 60 team doesn't deserve it? No. When the I right. made the decision not to play, they knew what, that not only were they doing it for that year, they were affecting the next year's kickoff. And I think that's just, that just comes with the territory.
3: Yeah, and I would tend to agree with you on on pretty much everything you said there. And I I do think the 15 sites. I I think we're going to have a full draw at this point. I expect to go back um, to the 15 sites with 16 teams represented um, at the national indoors. That would be my guess. That's what I'm hoping for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I. That's the key numbers. I do think they're going to get to the 16, but. It's going to be a funky field. I agree with everything you guys have said. It's going to be really, really tough, especially... Aren't you glad we're going to get to have the manual adjustments discussion one more time? Like, I feel like we didn't get to have it enough this season. And it's just... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to say the finger, Maddie. just stuck at me, guys. But no, it was just a thumbs down. It was a deserved middle finger, but it was just a thumbs down. And by the way, the highlight for me of Orlando... The Stokowiak, like, there is such a clear divide in the Stokowiak family, Chris, where it's like Matt and Mr. S just I just peas of the same pod. Like, you're just like, oh, that's where Matt comes from. Like, I, I just get it. And, uh, you know, again, the rest of the Stokowiak, I'd say Mama Stokowiak's probably the neutral party. We talked about this before, Maddie, when we were on. site so I don't need a full Stokowiak breakdown. That wasn't one of the questions we've gotten. But, no, again, uh, that was an interesting one. One more quickly I want to address comes from Mike C. I won't say which Mike C. that is, but it is that Mike C. For those of you who know, you know, who asks, uh, you know, why wasn't Leahy in the top 10 of the singles rankings? We've had the rankings discussion. Why wasn't anyone And Again, it's a, it's a playing thing. She was injured early in the season. Computer didn't love that fact, and it just never adjusted appropriately. Uh, the follow-up to that was uh, in what she's doing next. Is she going pro or is she becoming a doctor? I, I know she is going to give the pro circuit a run. Um, so just to answer that question quickly, now talk about fuel to the fire, No one was more disappointed in her performance. I'm not saying there weren't people equal, but no one was more disappointed in her performance than Ashley Leahy at the individual event who was, you know, I think splitting or didn't finish her match against Kari Miller round of 16 and I believe uh, lost to Abby Forbes in the quarterfinals and lost to Davatilla in the semifinals, was up a set and then, you know, uh, lost her final match as well to Peyton Stearns at one. She had a lot of injuries this year, but we all know she's been one of, if not the best player in college tennis for maybe the past four seasons, and so... Certainly, we've seen all the other Pepperdine Waves have success. Uh, I don't think there's any reason why Ashley Leahy, if she's committed to the grind, she can't have success on the Pro Tour. But to answer your question, Mike, she is going to be having uh, a run here. uh, She is going to be trying to play on the Pro Circuit a little bit, and of course, I think all of us very much going to look forward to seeing her out there because, you know, we're a college tennis family here. We support all of uh, our fellow college tennis fans, and certainly she has meant so many uh so much to so many of us college tennis fans so we are wishing her nothing but the best but now it's time for the J section of the podcast and are we going to answer all of them probably not jay but we're going to try and get to as many of them as we can here i'm putting a hard hour and a half limit so only 10 minutes to go guys i promise because oh, i don't want rapid keep fire you. yeah we're rapid firing here all right i'm going to save that one for last okay who playing in the 2021 season will have the highest year-end ATP ranking in 2026? I'll go to you first, Maddie. That's a great question, by the way, Jay. And as always, we love you for your support. Ooh, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think here. I'll give you some um, cases. Kuki, Blumberg, Kovacevic, Kingsley, Riffis. I would say those are the five in the lead. And oh, Glarno, and Lexi, and Lexi.
3: God, that's so that is so It's a great tough. question. That is a great question. Should we just and do a
1: separate J pod? Like honest to God, it, they're all great. No, let's let's put a bow on this season. It it's that feeling. Um yeah, I'm Chris, trying to buy go, your time here. Go ahead, Chris.
2: Blum, Kovacevic, and Galarno. And I think potentially we're leaving out Draxel.
1: Oh, Liam's a good one too. I was thinking Draxel. Uh, but, you know... Rodriguez is like, I just made the final. What do I have to do to impress you guys?
2: I I still say if, if, you, if you could have a 100% completely healthy will, I want to say... Will, but I've, I've just never, you know, we haven't seen for a long time a 100% completely healthy Will, right? So, Oscar ah, screw it. I'm going to say Will anyway with, with, with Kovacevic being a close second. And I do, and Galarno has already shown he can do it. So, I mean, I, I, the problem is I think all I mean, the problem, it's not a problem. It's great. But all three of those guys are going to have success on the pro tour.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's it's a good choice, Matty. I'll, I'll go with Will as well, but I, I just
3: that's a tough question, Jay. I and and really I I don't know. I mean I say Will, but I, I that could be completely off base. I just
2: I don't know, man. I don't the know. Guy, and the guy that, that has the best chance, I think, to get there the quickest, but he gave us like five years or something. Twenty twenty six, yeah. Yeah, the, the the guy that has a chance to get there the quickest, I think, is Lexi. Yeah. Just because of all the support the Canadian guys get from their federation. And there's just not as many of them as the potentially there are Americans. That, that, you know, there are a lot of wild cards to be spread around. Lexi's going to get a wild card into every single challenger in Canada.
1: Mm-hmm. No, and I think all of those guys are going to spend time in the top 200. <sighs> Do I go Kova or Will here? I mean, I love Kookie, I love Lexi. I've been on the Will bandwagon since 2017. I can't abandon it now. I hate the idea that we're all answering the same. And by the way, I didn't mention Cannon Kingsley, who belongs in this freaking conversation. All of these players belong in it. Um, what about Riffus? He like just won the freaking NCAA singles title. Um, That's why um, it's almost too
3: hard. It's almost too hard to even project like five years yeah, out like it's that. It's also I a just...
1: motivation thing. And like, I'm just gonna go. Hmm. I'll go Will. I
2: was expecting some crazy Graski. I I for I thought for sure Graski was going. Styler. Uh, Henry Squire. Ah. <laughs> I'm going Styler,
1: final answer. No, Vonder Schulenberg. Uh no, I'm just yeah, they're all freaking good. Spaziri. Um I don't know, man. They're all freaking good. This is the hard it's a great question. All right, we're rapid firing through again. Uh, format change, he suggests, and I actually think this one's pretty uh, interesting. Also, he says format change: play singles first, and the doubles point as a three-three decider. Yes or no? We're just gonna and he says why, but yes or no?
3: No, absolutely not. No, Jay, I don't like that doubles. You don't know, tell,
1: J- <laughs> yeah, no, you're never right. You're right,
3: Jay. Yeah, no, you no, know no, that I even. love doubles. I love doubles. That to me is is one of the best parts of the entire dual match. It is so important that if we flip that format, we're going to be playing dual matches and never seeing doubles get played because teams are going to win four singles. I don't want to see that. No, no, no,
2: no, no. I I would only be in favor of that under one circumstance. And that is the entire season is played as normal where doubles plays first so that everybody gets to play their doubles all year. And then at the NCAA tournament, if you want to do it there, I would love to see a three-three Ooh. match come down to doubles in an NCAA tournament match. But I don't. I wouldn't want it to be where teams that only played like three doubles points all year because the double it never came down to a three-three match. But other than that, I I don't think it happens, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see it unless that was the case.
1: Maddie, you're still shaking your head as if. Oh no, that. I have nothing. I have nothing
3: else to say. I am just so against that. Right, can I
1: throw the Lucero theory at you? You play seven flights simultaneously. Three dubs, four singles. And I know that's ten players, so that's a lot. You could also do three singles, two dubs. That way, when doubles ends, you're in the second set of those singles matches and things get a little bit closer. Yeah, Matty's a no Uh, It's an interesting question Again, I I like this question And I'm I'm jumping around your questions I know he asked about Can you explain the transfer chaos? I think we already did that Uh, This is a fun one Gruskin and a partner of his choosing Versus the Stokowiak brothers In a two out of three dubs match With Chris in the chair Who from this year's college tennis players Does Gruskin choose? And by what scoreline do they win or lose? We'll let Chris answer this third party I'm picking Will Who, Who wins, Chris? Me and Will or Maddie and Nick.
3: Yeah, he doesn't want to say it, but he knows the answer. No, he doesn't. Come on. Remember, Nick has beaten Will in doubles, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Maddie's probably still much better than me.
2: Yeah, that, that's uh, maybe the, not though. Say but that, maybe not though. I'm better than the experts it, say. It will absolutely come down to the weakest link on the court, and if the weakest link on the court is Gruskin. Yeah, but can you imagine the, the energy every, of every? Me- but here's the problem: every overrule goes the way of the They Act. <laughs> well, Shit. then it's over. It's then, over.
1: You well, win. Here's the thing: no one is going to be better at saying to Will, "Yours," than I will be. I'll be like, "No, it's yours." Like, yeah. "Oh, high forehand, yours." Um, and the like, problem
2: is, Gruskin would have to look at Will and go, "You challenge." Yeah, (laughs) because I can't say no to Will, but if Gruskin challenges, no, it's no chance. Look, me and Nick, I'm telling
3: you right now, Gruskin and Chris, Gruskin, you're going to see every ball. Will will serve and he will hit a return. That is it. (laughs) That is it. So I'm just saying, be prepared. Every ball's coming your
1: way. 3-0 3 and 0 in Indy tennis league play. 3 and 0 and a lot of that has a testament to them, not me cuz I have not played my best yet, but the amount of training I would do to get back in shape for that match will That would actually be, be really fun. that would be a great we're we're going to make it happen.
2: I would say Gruskin we need we need to keep this in 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 you know in the bag here because at some point we're this we're going to make a either a six game just a set or an eight game pro set out of this and we will find the place at some challenge, you know, the carry challenger or something. We'll make this match happen.
1: Will, if you hear this, hit me up in the DMs. You know where to find me. Uh, we can make this happen. We'll do it for charity. How about we do it for charity? Like, we, that's a crack Rackets charity event. A thousand percent. ITA, if you hear this, anyone who hears this, tweet it out. Blumberg, Gruskin, Stakowiak, Stakowiak. We'll find a charity. We'll do it with the ITA. We'll make it happen. Maybe... Eric Buderak, if you hear this, give us Court 35 at the U.S. Open, and just like we'll make it happen, we'll make it happen. Um, I-, I don't know who does like I don't know who doesn't enjoy that, um, but yeah. Th- and then we'll give Chris and Nuno, and we'll see what happens. Sorry, Trev, but like who we'll throw Chris and Nuno in the mix as well, uh, and we'll get Chris. Yeah, ambulance on site.
2: I just hit a ball and get off the court. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going
1: to attempt. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But that's I a great question from I'll you, that. Jay. All right, I'm sh- I'm skipping around his questions here to Chris. This year, more people than ever have complained about the computer rankings. Being familiar with the formula, are there any tweaks you'd like to see made for next season?
2: Without a without some sort of overhaul, no. I mean, I, the you know the only the the intent is is there the the problem with the system is that with the with the alternating runs and the reason you see the double runs is teams can just go you can flip-flop back and forth from one run to the next we saw that with the baylor florida thing this year had you done one run one team's in front had you done two runs the other team's in front because all of a sudden one team becomes one and you get credit for beating a number one team and now you vault over them uh but no i don't i mean honestly i don't I don't think they're gonna they're gonna change anything unless unless they go into a uh, you know a whole hey let's really look at the entire formula and look at redoing it and going into an elo based system or anything like that. If if we're not overhauling, no, we're not gonna tweak what's there per se. I think what's there is you know has worked. Yeah, no, um, all
1: good. Yeah, I agree. Um... Yes, and again, Maddie, with all due respect, I think that was a question for Chris, so we can leave that one to him. We're rapid firing here down the home stretch. I do have a couple more of his I I know I'm going to end with, but now to get to questions 13 through 24. Shout out to him, by the way. We love you, Jay. You know that. You've all been to the USDA facility. How does it stack up to other college facilities? How often should it host NCAAs? I say every year. Like, I know the Gators have a home field advantage, and I know the West Coast teams are going to be like, what the hell, man? And certainly Georgia's got the goods. Heard Tennis Center's got the goods. Champaign next year's got the goods. A lot of sites have the goods. In my mind, Orlando's the mecca. Like, I just cannot imagine being immersed in tennis culture better than we were during those two weeks in Orlando. Maddie, your thoughts?
3: um it's an awesome facility i mean from that standpoint i i agree gruskin but we can't have it there every year we it's just i'm sorry but we can't have it there every single year it's not fair it's not fair we can't do it um we can have it there a lot of years and i'll be okay with that i mean every other sure whatever (laughs) <laughs> that's fine. If it, whatever, if that's how you want to go about it, fine. I, I agree. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it there. Um, you know, I, I loved it, but I just don't think, I don't think you can do it every single year. It's not fair.
2: Mm-hmm. Fair. Chris. Yeah. Facilities are great, but no chance. I want it there every year. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not, I mean, it's not fair from the perspective of uh, just like the Super is not in Miami every year. Right. Uh, but, but even though that climate favors, you know, teams that play in hot weather. OK, mm-hmm. so telling, you know, Michigan, you got to go play in in Florida every year. Well, that's not exactly the best thing in the world. If you're Michigan, I mean, when do they get to play in, you know, 95 degrees and 100 percent humidity? Uh, you know, not that often. So that I also think there's something to be said for the. The running and administration of the entire event is a little bit different when you have a, you know, college campus personnel running it versus, say, the USTA running it. I think we need to see, you know, people that are involved in college tennis are a little more college tennis. So I want to, I like seeing the college campus atmosphere. Let's go to Georgia. Let's go to Oklahoma State. Let's go to, you know, where Illinois I like that. I don't mind, you know, a four or five year rotation. We go back through USTA. That's fine. Uh, you know, to that center. It's a great facility. But but yeah, I'd still, by and large, like to see it being run on college campuses.
1: Yes, to everything you just said, Chris. Yes, fair. You guys have convinced me. I agree. I think that's completely fair. All right. We're rapid firing again through them all. Preseason CR top 10 of the final floor. Florida was nine. Baylor was two. Tennessee was not ranked. Texas was not ranked. Who are the two teams finishing outside this year's top 10 most likely to make the 2022 final four? I think we answered that question already. I think we all agree. Ohio State's in the mix. And then the big one is Stanford, right? Stanford's very much outside that ranking. I think we answered that question already. So again, we're going to we're gonna go past that. Gruskin was sleuthing around the grounds for info all tournament. Wasn't just on the grounds, but that's a fair description. What's the most illuminating, surprising thing he found out that he's willing to share? Spills some tea i'll say two things a no one can drink like a college tennis coach shout out to all of them b true or false i'll go this to you guys did i get ramsey a two-year extension we'll start with you maddie yes or no you can say no comment if you'd like did you get him one like come on oh i um no (laughs)
2: chris no no chance
1: ah we'll agree to disagree no i'm just kidding yeah um there's a lot of juice I just I'm sorry I, respectfully I, I I gotta keep the juice like uh, I, I love you Jay but I'm
2: keeping it to myself'll I'll, 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 I'll give this juice on Gruskin's behalf because it won't it only exposes half which is no good okay he got the best smirk followed by what's up Gruskin from Alistair Gray during the Ah,
3: uh, that's what I was going
2: to say as well. I was going to lay that I I out. I, I won't give the whole story, but but you can imagine what was going on to cause Alistair Gray to smirk, smile at Gruskin and say, what's up, Gruskin?
1: Can we just agree? Confirmed, by the way. Um, The real MVP of... Then CA event was Alster Gray, and we're leaving that there. But he was your most outstanding player. Trust me, um, that's the T for you.
0: All right, and that's, and-, and
2: that's what happens when Gruskin sleuths around. <laughs>
1: They're lucky I wasn't at the hotel from the start. Otherwise, would have been atrocious for all of them. Um, but no, that's perfect. All right. In a year where parody was the buzzword, Florida most dominant. We already addressed that. Looking ahead to next season, can you tease what sort of content coverage you have planned? And will you tease? Uh, and will Matt stay as involved in college tennis despite Nick's departure? I will answer the first half of that question more interviews with coaches, in particular on the women's side. I cannot emphasize how fond I am of some of those women's coaches. I'm going to name two off the back. Melissa Shaw might be the most lovely person in all of college tennis. I freaking love Jennifer Hyde at Florida State. At one point, she asked me, Alex, how you doing? Like, how you holding up? And I was like, Coach, I've been leaking for two straight weeks. And she's like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, no, I meant sweating. Like, it's just all my. and she's like, that was too much information. Meanwhile, her players behind her, like, dying of laughter. And I was like, yeah, sorry. I do what I do. Maddie, partner two you're going to stay involved right we can still turn to you it's still going to be a holy trinity
3: jay i'm ashamed that you would even consider anything else (laughs) look i'm the one that got nick into college tennis okay (laughs) so i don't want to hear anything of the sort look and this this past year was really the first year if we're being honest that nick's been on a relevant team anyway so that's never stopped me from you know anything in the past um absolutely i cannot wait Cannot wait for next season. I mean, as fun as this past season was, to me, just looking at the squads that we know next year, I think next year could be just as fun. So, yes, of course I'm going to be around.
1: Yeah, that one hurt my feelings, too. Come on. Like, do you think we could do it without? Do you think Chris and I actually like each other? Like, uh, no, that's the problem is we actually do like each other. But that's a story for another time. Um, But, no, completely fair. And I'm glad to hear it, Maddie. Maddie. You know, he asked about some of the freshmen. I'm going to—this is going to work the long tease. I'm going to save that for next season because we think a lot of them are going to be very good. How many exclamation points did Chris's I-told-you-so text after after Pepperdine beat UNC? Too many. I'll answer that one as well. Too many. That's why I couldn't pod with him while we were down there because I just couldn't look in his eyes because I was too angry with him. Um, and, like, it, it hurt to see that team loss. I'm still recovering. Um— What were some of Gruskin's biggest takeaways from his 32 coaching interviews? How does it change his perception of teams, matches when he was on site? The answer is there's a reason all these coaches are having so much success. The coaching in college tennis sincerely has never been better. And as I mentioned, no one can put down a beer like a college tennis coach. And I'm not going to say what happened at Rox and Brews. I mean, nothing happened at Rox and Brews, but it was a great freaking time. And I won't say the crew that I was with, but it was a sick... Great crew. I'm just, I'm in. I'm in on all these college coaches. I will be going to the NCAA championship as long as they are willing to tolerate me there. um
2: Croskin, what... I wasn't even there with you, mm-hmm. but I have to ask, were you missing Deaton and Bauman? <laughs> I did miss D because D's my
1: guy. Um It wasn't the same without him. At the same time, again, like without saying that these two were were like heavy drinkers, but Pete uh, Pete uh, Pepperdine assistant and Matt the Kentucky assistant coached me when I went down to Saddlebrook as a kid and like I'm looking at them and I'm like you guys are still coached to me like I this is weird like this makes me uncomfortable and like Pete is like I swear to God I remember you and I'm like damn straight you better remember me um I'm like I get I blame you for all of this uh like because you guys always laughed at my jokes and I'm like oh maybe I am funny in regards to tennis and I guess jury's still out but it was a freaking blast. And with the takeaways, again, I get why the level of college tennis continues to improve because all of these coaches, A, are so committed to the game. B, they love it. Again, they love it. And it's just great to be in that environment. It was the time of a of my life. Now, will 2003, 4, and 6 was the last stretch of first-time winners until 18, 19, and 21. None of those first three schools won another title, and the trend was stopped in 2007 by traditional Blue Bloods. Will we revert to Blue Bloods winning, or are the new teams here to stay? Here's my answer to that question. I think scholarships for the Blue Bloods are just a little bit easier to be fully funded, particularly in COVID times. It wouldn't shock me if the next three years we do see some Blue Bloods, a.k.a. Florida, run away with things. And, you know, the Virginias of the world run away with things just because they can't afford to. Texas is of the world as well. At the same time, parody's the name of the game now. And these coaches are all that good. So I do think we'll continue to see them have success. Maddie, you're shaking your head. You agree?
3: Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I I just think it's cyclical. Like, it's too hard to predict what's going to happen. I I think, of course, the Blue Bloods are never going anywhere. But, um, you know, there's so many teams now. And like you said, the parody of college tennis right now, to me, at least in my lifetime, that I can remember, is is, as good as it's been, um, which is why this past season was so much fun. And I still think over the next several years, it's going to be the exact same way
2: chris yeah absolutely i mean it's you know any of these teams now it's i think it's it's just a different time than it was 20 years ago you know the the days of stanford and usc and be, just being dominant right it's it's too easy for all these other schools now to be at the same level with the recruits and uh and the way things work that yeah i it, we're gonna have parity for a while
1: I agree with you guys. Now, last two questions, I promise, and then we're going to rock and roll. So we're done by 10, which, two-hour pod, hypothetical we got on the Zoom at 8. Just fun fact for all of you listeners. It's, it's the final one of the year, Maddie. Uh, you knew this was coming, so you're shaking your head. I see the grin on your face. I'll take it. What are your top three things that the college tennis community, conferences, schools, ITA, fans, et cetera, can do to increase popularity of college tennis? Now that's a big question. That's its own podcast topic in itself. And I'm not going to ask you all for three things. But Maddie, if there was one thing you would like to see perhaps more of, is, or maybe it's just in general, is? There, I'll be actually going to go to Chris here first uh, if you because if you, if you, I, I think this is a, a question built for you,
2: Chris. What, give me one right off the bat. Oh, that's a no-brainer for me. Absolutely, we need to broadcast the sport. You know, and this is <clears throat> a a somewhat self-serving, but that's really only because we're the only people trying to do it. If there were yeah. others, I'd be in favor of them as well. Yeah. We no. we try yeah, we try to broadcast, and just the fact that you know people like the like ESPN hold broadcasting rights for the SEC network or the ACC network. And and even though they're not broadcasting, they won't let us throw it on, say, the red zone coverage. That, I mean, that's not helping the sport in the least. The more we get the broadcasts out there, Uh, When we're not hurting anybody and you know if if it's not being broadcast already the more exposure we get for the game the more crowd we get into it and it lets people see what the sport is all about by I mean far and away to me that's the number one you have an we have an avenue here for people to get virtually virtually free broadcasting yes we'd like to at some point you know (laughs) make it a revenue stream but no you know hell we're offering to throw people up on the red zone for nothing. And getting told no—I mean that—that that has to stop. So we've got to figure out a way around that. That—that that alone would help increase the exposure of the game.
1: I agree, Maddie. Anything to add?
3: One hundred percent agree, Chris. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm flipping through, you know, channels on TV, and I see college golf, and I see college lacrosse, and I see college softball, and I see all these different sports. But there's no tennis. I, I think broadcasting, that is that is absolutely the answer here. Um, I agree with everything Chris said.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, again, I feel like this is very much a question for me as well. I would agree with everything Chris said. I'm trying to think of the things I would add in this instance. I mean, it's little things like, I love you, Chris. It's kind of that like you have to go to chris's website to find all the matches all the match times all the scoring links and i know he does everything in his power to put them all up there but like you're the governing body of college tennis that's a that's a layup that's a low-hanging fruit let's get all of that in one place let's just make it a little bit easier for all of us fans to follow college tennis and look there are some schools that kill it florida social media out of this world social media out of this world. I will not be invited back to Champagne if I don't give a shout out to the Illinois social media team out of this world. They are all exceptional. And then the last thing I would say, because I know in my own life, this is a, it, it was, uh, it had a positive effect. If you have a, po- a college tennis team near you, Drag your friends to the match. Because I've said this stat before, of all of the non-revenue sports, college tennis has the highest retention rate, and are you going to get them to stay for the full three hours? No, you're not. But can you get them to stay for the doubles point? Absolutely, and once you get your toe, dip your toes in that doubles point, you're gonna want to keep coming back. I'll say this: no better pregame for going out to the bars in college than just getting wasted and going to a college tennis doubles point, getting all of that energy out. Being like, all right, time to drink a little more, then head out to the bars. It works, and if you have that available to you, you're a college tennis fan. I'm telling you, there's a reason those matches are on Friday, and you know there are coaches out there who embrace that element of, uh, and that's why they have outstanding crowds and that's all those things and there are models out there you know the Roditi model what he's doing at TCU is working um, the solutions are there again Brad Dancer I, I really want him to invite me back it's working the community in Champaign freaking loves NCAA tennis that's why they get a national championship but that would be to all of your point and to Chris's exce- as well don't shoot yourself in the foot college tennis there are low hanging fruit for all of us to get better allow us to do those things that said No competition. I don't want to see any other weekly shows popping up. I'm totally fine if it's just us here on the Great Shop Podcast. But then, final question, I promise, for all of us here. And it's actually a very sweet one, so I definitely wanted to address it. Um, You know, the origin story behind how the three of you first met and then decided to do the pod together. I know for a fact for me and Chris, I'll say it, I was a fan of his work from afar. This is the only compliment I'm going to serve him up and I straight up DM'd him and I was like, "Hey man, I wanted I like have this idea, like I want I follow college tennis closely. My buddy Matt who I think you just you were like, "Hey, I like what you guys are doing at Crack Rackets. Can I join the team?" Like it's really that simple. Like send the DMs. We're out there and I was like, "Hey Chris, like I know this is weird. I, like, assumed you would be this young guy like I am. Joke was on me. And, like, now you're probably... You two are the closest friends I've probably made since graduated college. Obviously, you two, Dalton, Westhoff, and Jamie. And it's like... I was just like, hey, like, do you want a podcast with me? Like, I promise I'll make it worth your while. And I will tell you, the first one I ever did was from the parking lot of my office because I was working my old job. And again, the rule is I can't say what it was. You guys know what it was. And they were like, you can't do that in here. Um, And I was like, all right, well, can I go to my car for whatever, whatever, because I'm just waiting. And we did the pod in my car. And I knew within like 10 minutes or maybe even five that I was like, oh, I think we've got something here. I was like, I kind of like this dynamic between the two of us. Then we threw Maddie in the mix. We go down to Wake Forest 2018. It was love at first pod. That's how I remember it, Maddie. Am I missing anything?
3: Yeah, no, that's exactly how I remember it as well. Obviously, I knew who Chris was just from college tennis ranks, the site, all of Of that good stuff. I mean, I was on that immediately. I'd never reached out to him or anything like that. Um, but yeah, when we were all at Wake Forest, Winston Salem, I think that's when it really first started. We did those live pods in that, Shout out that to the that, yeah, and of course the balsitos. But whatever that weird room, that press yeah, room <laughs> downstairs you know, in the dungeon area of the gorgeous Wake Forest. Facility. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where we were sitting, and we're sitting in there like potting, and I, I don't know. It was fun. We had Belsito there, and I mean that. I think we all knew at that point, like. Hey, like, this is pretty cool. We had fun. You know, we had a lot of fun there. um, And it's really been, it's been the same ever since.
1: I'll throw a dirty secret before I give you the final word on this topic, Chris. Why did I message Chris and not Bobby Knight? Because I was afraid of Bobby Knight. Because I was like, there's no way Bobby Knight will say yes. Like, he is way too credentialed, way too established. He doesn't have time for a scrub like me. But this college tennis ranks guy might. And so I messaged Chris instead. And again, Three years later, we are where we are. Chris, anything to add?
2: Yeah, well, uh, you you leave out one important aspect you you didn't you didn't go you didn't completely go you know off the off the rails and just like out of the blue and hit me up because I had done just prior to that um, Scott and, uh, Scott and Rob from Payers and Players yeah. had, <laughs> had hit me up and I was on their podcast. And I think I did, I, I did that podcast. And then I think, and I had been following your stuff and I like, I threw a comment on one of your tweets that was like, I don't know why I haven't been on yours. And you were like, Oh, that's when you hit me in the DM. I I, I baited you uh, with it. And yeah. And and that was the end. Ruskin
3: was probably in that DM in about less than two and a half seconds.
1: Oh, you're so right. You know what's funny is I was probably intimidated by you as well. I was like, no, this guy's like, his site is so good. He's got this like math and formulas and he knows how to work Excel. And like, he's not going to want to talk to me who just like kind of watches it and offers subjective opinions. But you're absolutely right. And you he, he definitely went on their pod, and nothing gets me incited that getting jealous and seeing someone else do something that I think I could do. And I was like, let me talk to this Chris guy. Let me see if I can get him in the mix. And then again, I mean, I remember the first pod Maddie and I did, and within, like, 10 seconds, I was like, yep, this guy's at the—like, I not to be arrogant, but I was like, oh, this guy plays at my speed. Like, this—I think I regurgitate facts, and I think I've got this wit. Like, again, Maddie, you guys—you guys are my family. You guys both know this. Not to get sappy here, but— I cannot be me without the support I get from both of you without your tolerance for all of my b- there's a lot of it let's be clear I have shown up on time for a podcast once this season and it was today like today was the one day that I've showed up on time and again you you guys don't get mad oh maybe you do get mad at me maybe there's a side group chat but you
2: know. I mean 8pm pod I got the I got the invite at 7:59 I was like wow it's a minute early <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Again, it's. I hope you listeners. I hope we convey that, and I do think we do the the fondness we share for one another. And uh, to Maddie's word, we just have fun. Like, why do we do it? Because it's really fun every week. It's a therapy session for the three of us, and it's just like these are the conversations we're having privately. Let's make them public. And the thing we are so grateful for again to wrap up put a bow on it all is that you guys have all embraced us. Whether it's the fans, whether if it's the coaches, whether it's the players, and by the way, as Chris mentioned, as Maddie mentioned, they all listen. Like and wouldn't you, if there's a podcast about your job, about your life, you would listen to it. If they did a podcast on tennis podcasters, I would listen to it every every morning. Um, and, you know, again, we are so honored to be able to provide that for College Tennis Nation. Again, for all of you to embrace us, it means the world to us. I say this every time. A shout out to super producer Daniel Westoff, who sincerely, week in, week out, a fuck of an editing job to do. And he gets the job done every single time. No hesitation, no questions asked. And look, what is this, five consecutive months of podcasting? We hit June. We podcasted. No, seven months. Because you start with the preseason action back in November as well with our preseason countdown. Seven months. Every week I turn to you guys and I say, hey, you got time for me this week. And I think every single week Sons may be one. Both of you guys have said yes. So you guys know my fondness for you both. We can wrap things here. Final words to Maddie, then Chris. Any final thoughts?
3: Yeah, no, Gruskin, agree with everything you said there. Always have a blast doing this. And again... We're closing the chapter on this past season, but Hey man, I mean, the tennis doesn't stop everybody that wants to go watch tennis, the French opens on right now. So <laughs> there's more tennis out there. It never stops. And, and we'll be back at it again. Um, you know, this fall, I mean, that's going to come up quick. We're going to have the kickoff draft. I'm assuming that that's this summer, at, you know, coming up at some point. Um, so hopefully that's, that's coming up soon and and we'll be back on again.
1: A hundred percent. Chris.
2: Yeah. I the- I was remiss in leaving one fact out. I know she's probably not going to listen, but I have to give a special shout out at the final match. We're standing up. That place was standing room only. There was not a seat to be. I mean, we showed up with like what ended up being probably an hour and a half or two hours left in that women's final just because of how long it went. But there was, it was packed. Florida, the Florida fans had every seat in the place during the women's match. So there was nowhere to get. Nick and Trevor and I were standing up there. We were just resigned to stand up on the balcony and watch standing all night. And I look over and I hear Chris. And I look down, (laughs) Chelsea stump is looking at me and she goes, I have two seats. And I go, huh, there's me, Nick and Trevor who's left out here. (laughs) I go. I give her this, Ooh, there's three of us. And she goes, Oh, I've got three seats. I was like, I'm oh, in, And we get down there and she gets me a front row seat, like four seats past Maddie. Shout out to Chelsea for getting me a seat for that match. But yeah, I mean, that was such a great time down there. Can't wait to do it all again next year uh, and see both you guys. And and like Maddie said, we'll obviously have to do a kickoff uh, recap, so it won't be that far away.
1: No, we are excited for all of that. I'll throw in a couple more shout outs. Tim Russell, Corey, Cody's. Caroline, everyone at the ITA, they put up with our garbage all a season long. They know everything we say comes from a love of the sport, so shout-out to them. Again, shout-out to Mrs. Halioris. Shout-out to the Stakowiak family, for, uh, Mrs. Halioris for loaning us Chris. Uh, just for as often as we do again it's every week and there's a lot of phone calls behind the scenes as well and he's always there to answer them and so shout out to her because I can only imagine you know I'm married to the game but Chris is actually married to someone <laughs> uh, and so it gets a little bit trickier there shout out to all of the booze Chris has consumed it's always fun to see whether it's a beer whether it's a shot of uh, a glass of whiskey um, what, what are we rocking with today?
2: Uh, you can't even see because the background it's seltzer it's water man Oh, man. Here, I'll, I'll finish on this bet on this from my my trip to see the family i will absolutely 100 lose this bet but my trevor's younger brother my nephew we're sitting at the house he's two inches taller than me and i swear i think he's bigger than i am i we're, we're sitting there and we're both going we need to get in shape and he's like uh, i'm he goes i'm like what do you weigh noah and he tells me what he tells me what he weighs and i'm like there is no he's like two inches taller than me says he weighs like 170 and i'm like i'm 180 and he goes <laughs> i go there's no chance he hops on the scale i said oh that's ridiculous we have a bet mid-july i weigh less than you Oh. so, so uh yeah i'm back like exercising like a fiend and drinking seltzer water greskin
1: yeah maddie you're shaking your head you don't like that
3: <clears throat> i made a similar bet with my dad last year let's just say uh i took that hundred bucks
1: <laughs> yeah. let me just say if i'm in the mix i bet i weigh both less than both of you at the yeah, end i'm like sure. 160 th- like i told you guys it's it's not a good number for someone who's my height um and that was the other thing shout out to all of you this is a personal thing because my ego is not big enough right now who always say oh you're taller than i expected And i'm like what do you expect <laughs> like that i'm like like i'm five six like i don't get it like no i'm, I'm a bit uh Yes. Yeah, 6'2", baby. Uh, and you should see me when I'm standing straight as well, and my posture's not slumped over. But that's my off-season project. And again, a shout-out to all of you for your continued support. Shout-out to our friends at Turner Tennis, 800-554-3707, or sales at uniquesports.com. But with that in mind, oh, shout out to all of the questions submitted. Excellent questions. Fueled the discussion. This was a phenomenal time for all of us. But with that in mind, before we hit the two-hour mark, for my fantastic co-host, Matt Stachowiak, Chris Hallioris, our super producers, Fliegner and Westhoff, our friends at Turn of Tennis, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Gentlemen, for the last time in this 2021 college tennis season, what do we tell our listeners?
3: Hey, great great shot.
1: And we will see you all next season. Thanks, everyone.